As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. As Jesus sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to ca- not to call the righteous, but sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly, the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout that district. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Just want you to to be aware that Pastor Lori's not with us today. She's um, down east for a celebration of life for her brother who died recently. So we Continue to keep Pastor Lori and her family in our prayers. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This is graduation season for almost every level of school from kindergarten through universities. At St. John's, we had the opportunity a few weeks back to write words of encouragement to our graduating high school seniors in a book. You know the book. It's a classic, isn't it? Oh, the places you'll go. This Dr. Seuss book invites the reader into visioning a future unfolding before them. I dare say that it's, that book is likely more memorable than many graduation speakers. The book, like graduation speakers, invites or challenges graduates to follow your dreams, to move forward into that future. And in order to follow our dreams, it seems to me that we must be willing to let go of something in order or some things, leaving them behind so that we can pursue those dreams in the future. 
as we accumulate years of life's experiences, many of us have had to, to let go of multiple things in order to move forward to the next thing that God has for us, to move forward toward our dream, our vision. For example, in, in my life, I left behind 400 friends in my high school class and was the only one to go to Wake Forest University. Most of them went to Carolina or State or East Carolina. I quit my job after college to explore a calling to ministry and attend seminary. And with each call to a new congregation, including coming here, I left something that was familiar, friends, acquaintances, a context that was familiar in order to move to a new one that I believed God was calling me toward. What have you left? What in your life have you left in order to move forward to pursue your dreams? This is your time to talk during the sermon, so turn to somebody beside you. You have 10 seconds to tell one thing that you have left behind to move forward to something new. And then that person will have 10 seconds afterwards. Ready, set, go. Okay, next person's turn to share, to speak. Next person's turn to share something you left behind for the future. All right, thank you. We've all left things behind to move forward, haven't we? In today's Bible reading from Matthew, we read stories of several people who chose to leave something behind so they could do something new. So walk with me quickly through this passage. Earlier in Matthew 9, Jesus has just healed a paralyzed man. So there's surely a buzz, excitement, wonder, and anticipation in the crowd that's surrounded and moving with him and his disciples through the narrow streets. And as they move through, Jesus comes upon Matthew, the tax collector, sitting at his tax booth. Now, you have to understand, Matthew was looked at as a traitor because he worked for the occupying force, the Romans, collecting taxes. And so Jesus pauses there, and he tells Matthew to follow me. And Matthew has to decide, do I leave my job, which was probably pretty lucrative? I mean, he collected taxes for Rome. He had the power and authority of the Romans to collect those taxes, plus Matthew's fee on top of that, which is how the tax collectors often got rich. The people had to pay it. Would he leave all that behind to follow this itinerant preacher, miracle worker that he didn't know a whole lot about except what the buzz was there? He can't do both. He can't stay at the tax booth and follow Jesus. So Matthew decides. He leaves his work, gets up, and he follows Jesus. But we know that every disciple left something, home, family, job, to follow Jesus, right? The next scene, we move forward. Jesus is dining with tax collectors and sinners. 
people that good society didn't deal with, hang around with. Jesus has again left something to pursue his mission. He's crossed those social boundaries and his response to those questions of his disciples and people around announced his choice and his purpose. He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call the sinners. Jesus again chooses to let go of those who see themselves as righteous and refuse to listen to cross that social boundary to accomplish his mission. The sick need the physician. The sinners need the forgiveness, the hope that Jesus brings. He crosses that boundary, leaving one for another. And then the synagogue leader that that comes out also faces a choice. Should he adhere to the growing opposition from the religious leaders to Jesus, or dare he risk abandoning that security and his status in the community to restore the life of his daughter? Any parent among us knows that's a no-brainer. We'll do anything for our kids. And so the synagogue leader cast any pressures to conform and remain as he is to the wind. And he runs to Jesus, the outsider, the religious outsider, the one who has already stilled a storm, cast out demons and healed many. And at risk to his position in the community, the leader leaves those work concerns and pressures to beseech Jesus to restore his daughter to life. But there's an interloper in the story, isn't there? A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years slips through the crowd, makes her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of Jesus' robe. Now, in this act, she leaves a great deal of cultural boundaries behind. The cultural guidelines at that time viewed the woman as ritually unclean due to the bleeding. This was normally a monthly concern, but hers had lasted 12 long, endless years. Being unclean meant that she had to stay home. She had to avoid contact with men because that would also make the men unclean and force the men, a very patriarchal society, understand, would force the men to go through a ritual cleansing and purification so that the men could then return to synagogue and worship. So to avoid that, the women at that time of the month had to avoid men. So every man in that crowd that she brushed against, making her way through and finally touching Jesus' robe, could have, would have become unclean, scandalous. But this desperate woman left any fears about that isolation, about the possible chastising that she could have potentially faced and pressed through the crowd with the faith that simply touching Jesus' cloak would heal her. She left that fear and the social constraints behind and she followed faith to be healed. And finally, in our story, there were those mourners who initially laughed at Jesus, laughed that he didn't recognize this girl was dead, not sleeping, 
Because you see, death of young children was a common experience in that time, in that culture. I read that approximately half of children born died before age five. So the death of a young child was nothing new. It was still sad, but it was a part of reality in their life. They laughed at Jesus, but Jesus pressed on. And after Jesus restored the girl to life, at least some of those same mourners who had scoffed at him had to leave that initial skepticism to spread the word about Jesus. They left their doubt, their skepticism, and trusted their experience, their encounter with Jesus because word spread throughout that district. And they were there. They were the eyewitnesses. What each of these elements of our reading today has in common is people leaving the known, the familiar, their current situation, and choosing to act on faith, the urge of the Spirit within them to move with faith toward the unknown with hope, that that would be better, that that would be different, that God was there to meet them. In the movie just a few years ago, back I was reminded how young Harrison Ford was. We showed the clip at 927. In the movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, we come near the end of the movie, and Indiana is at a cliff. And he knows the cave across this huge abyss is where the Holy Grail is, the cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper, the point of his search. But he looks down, and there seems to be no way across that abyss. And he remembers from the guidebook he has, leap of faith, leap of faith. And he looks down, seeing nothing, and he takes, puts his foot out and takes that first step. Lo and behold, there's a bridge. He starts to see it to make his way across. Leap of faith that he never would have accomplished his goal without that leap of faith. As our lives unfold, we regularly, day in and day out, I think, sometimes, encounter inflection points, places where we must choose. Will we choose to cling to the past, to the familiar, to what seems and feels safe and comfortable? Or will you take a leap of faith into that future into which God is calling you? Our Vacation Bible School theme this week, Stellar, reminds us of a huge leap of faith. A huge leap of faith and work that was needed to put men on the moon. A leap of faith to leave Earth's gravity behind to reach the moon with technologies with less computing power than you and I have in our cell phones. That's a leap of faith. St. John's is nearing yet another inflection point in our life. Soon, soon we will be invited to prayerfully ponder and discern together what to do at that point. Will we wistfully look to the past 
continuing to yearn for those days, for that way of ministry and everything encompassed in the past. How long will we choose to languish in this interim as the Israelites did wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, at times even yearning to go back into slavery in Egypt? Or will we take a leap of faith? Will we listen and discern and hear the voice of Jesus saying to us, follow me? Will we let go of the past so that we can move forward and continue into the future with Jesus? Will we take a leap of faith to look inward collectively, discerning our mission, discerning where God might be leading us in the next few years or longer, discerning who God has entrusted with gifts to lead us into that future so that St. John's can continue to pursue our mission with passion and persistence. I do not know for certain. Like you, I listen, I pray, and I discern. And it is God's time. But I believe that we are approaching approaching the point of initiating preparations for a call process, a process that will take a length of time not to be rushed into or through with the guidance of the bishop's staff, with the discernment of prayer and the Holy Spirit. And I do know, I do know that in God's gracious in good time, we will arrive at the point in the future when we will be discerning the calling of a new senior pastor. And at that point, we will pray. We will trust the Holy Spirit. We will follow Jesus, and we will take a leap of faith into that next era of mission and ministry as we follow Jesus still in the life of St. John's. And then, and then when we choose to follow and walk with Jesus, who knows the places you'll go. Amen.